Welcome to No Compromises, a peek into the mind of two old web devs who have seen some things. This is Joel. And this is Aaron. So many years ago, I became a Microsoft certified professional. Ooh. Yeah, it was uh, Windows 2000 Server. Wait, I, I don't see it on the wall behind you, Aaron. You, you don't have it framed? Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> no, it's in a booklet somewhere hidden away from anyone. Uh, and I wasn't really going to tell anyone until this mm-hmm. podcast. But uh, <laughs> okay. uh, one, of my, one of my favorite things about uh, that class and those set of learnings and everything we did, though, was the whole roles and permissions and all those different things that um, you learn about in Windows, you know, and then mm-hmm. using Bitmask maps and all those different things mm-hmm. um and just really getting into that and uh then i remember when i moved to php you know uh, there wasn't much of a system like that available yeah not so the language, you kind of, yeah. yeah you kind of had to roll your own for everything mm-hmm. and um laravel came around too and it's not built in per se there are some mm-hmm. permission stuff but um there there's that roles package that we use yeah. um by spady or spatchy or whatever it's called whatever their name is called i I always forget how you pronounce that. And uh, I love using that because then I can finally get back to using my whole roles and permissions and setting mm-hmm. those things up. And I think we've kind of talked about that before. Sure. Yeah. You know, how we really like that. But there's there's something about that that really kind of grinds my gears or bothers me a Ooh. little bit when I see certain people implement this in certain ways. Okay. And it's if you're going to go and hard code into the code your mm-hmm. checks for permissions by their name. So let, mm-hmm. you know, like can, can update this blog post or can sell this product or whatever, but then you allow permissions to be added, created and deleted via a web interface. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So like uh, pick a lane, like how, how, how are both of these things supported is kind of what you're saying. Yeah. So if, if you're going to do something via that web interface, mm-hmm. you almost, it's, it's, way more complicated than just picking and creating them and aligning them. You have to have a whole bunch of infrastructure inside of your product in order inside of your code base to understand that all the roles and permissions and all those sort of things are dynamic. Yeah. And so you'll really never ever have a situation where you can hard code in some stuff if you can dynamically create permissions. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm tracking with you because you're right. Because the permission check has to be done in code. I was trying to think if there's like a fancy way to do it. I guess you could like go really nuts and have like a UI for mapping routes to permissions or something, but that feels even worse. Well, yeah. And then you'd have to do like routes and you have to do specific, um, you know, not everything, not every permission yeah. is to a route. And yeah, so, it's more granular. A lot of times it's like, you can do this thing to this resource, not like just access that route. And I get why people might think they want to do that because mm-hmm. it takes away, you know, it's, it's a, maybe it's easier if you make it as a dev tool for yourself sure, uh, yeah. that you can just add some permissions and cause you're putting stuff into the database, yeah. um, especially with a lot of these systems, you know, the one mm-hmm. we use. So, but that's really not a great idea. And there's one core reason why I kind of go back to that. Okay. Which is when you go and make your product and you hard code in the names, which is what we do a lot then it is almost basically required that you have that sort of information available at the time that that code is deployed or right when it is like right during like the migration or the deploy step or something like that. So you'd really have to deploy your code and then immediately be clicking boxes in the UI (laughs) 
and I don't know about you, but I'm normally not hovering with my finger over a button waiting for the yeah. code to be deployed and clicking something else. Yeah, it almost like if, if only there were a system for making database changes when we roll out <laughs> new code. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, so a lot of times, thanks for that, you leading me up to that. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times when we do our deployments, we'll work something like that into the migrations. Mm -hmm. Now, there there are other um, packages and services out there where you can run one-time commands and stuff like that, too. Yeah. So if you're yeah. going to do something like that, that's fine, mm -hmm. like the one-time command during deployment. But we just normally put them in our migrations. And, and the reason is because it is a database-based thing that is important for our app to be able to function correctly. Right. And that's really what I think the migrations are. They're a database manipulation tool for our app to function correctly. And so when we create new new permissions or change roles and permissions and all those different things, we'll do that a lot of times in a migration, which I think is yeah. pretty unique to a lot of projects I've seen. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm sure you know, there's probably somebody yelling at the computer right now or mp3 <laughs> player right now because you know there's a whole debate like is it is it weird to put data seeding essentially that's what it is even if you're not using a seeder in a migration but i, I like your your clarification because it's like it's not just data like we're not adding users yeah right. but it's like this is critical data for the just the core functionality of the system and um as you were talking i like production for sure it's important but even like local dev environments right like you build a feature aaron that adds some new permission so like what the next time i check out the code i'm supposed to remember that or like go check that box in my app like if it's a migration i just run the migrations and it, and i right. get that data we all kind of stay on the same page so i'm with you yeah and, and just just to be clear is we're not talking about putting them in cedars that is an option that no, right, some people right. have reached for yeah but this is really about this is something that's core that's actually a mix between our database and our code Mm -hmm. So when you're doing something like Cedars, that generally is something, uh, I don't know, that isn't necessarily 100% required for the code to run. It may run, but be limited. Yeah. So if you're if you're going to like add zip codes or something like that, sure. right. you, you could put that in a Cedar because it, the code will run and just won't find any zip codes. Maybe if you have a yeah. zip code lookup, mm -hmm. whereas if the permission is missing and someone visits it, it's going to actually be an error of five, you know, a 500 error. Yeah. So we're we're in such agreement here. Are you ready for me to like throw a question back at you to Oh, give it to me. <laughs> Not that you would ever do that to me on the podcast, so I just, mm. you know, anyways. But like like okay, let's say somebody is like fully on board with permissions cuz you're right. Like the fact that they have to be implemented in code, I I I can see like a much stronger argument for not having a UI for that. But what about roles? Like like the idea well, our business is changing all the time and, and we don't want to have to open a, a ticket and have a deploy every time somebody invents a new role or wants to give an existing role access to a new permission. So it's, I don't think we have the code argument there. Do you have a, a strong argument why we wouldn't even recommend a UI for defining roles and assigning permissions to roles? I mean, I don't have a strong argument except for you probably aren't doing it as many times as you think. Right. Yep. yep. You know, so yeah. if, if you had to do it um, once every two months, mm -hmm. that sounds a like a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, that's there's a lot of code required to make an interface, to sure. test it, to do all these different things. And then the safeguards of having someone who is unfamiliar with the system, maybe undo things and bring mm -hmm. down 
functionality uh, for that. So yeah, um, I would say in, in that case, if that's really an issue, prioritize those as tickets, you know, that are mm-hmm. that get done or whatever as part of this the system. But so I don't have a strong argument against it. I guess I can't yeah. I can't use the same things, but it just doesn't seem like a a great idea. Yeah, I I mean it, it does. It kind of aligns with one of the the reasons I gave, which was consistency between environments, right? It would be a little weird if production has all these roles and permissions assigned to them. And then locally as the developer, I don't have that, or I'd have to go recreate that. Like, hey, we got a bug in in production and it's this guy with this role with these 74 permissions. Like, well, now I have to go create all of those mappings and stuff. So I I, I like your idea. It doesn't happen as often as you think. But I also think that it it, it leads to some potential inconsistencies in really like authorization is kind of a key part of a system. Like, so having that be bespoke for every developer on the team and maybe between staging and production like that, it just doesn't seem great to me, even though I can well, see the appeal of being able to do it ad hoc for, for those cases where you want that. And I, I think that that makes your testing, your unit mm-hmm. tests, infinitely more complex, but also yeah. uh, in the same way, less accurate. Mm-hmm. Because you're you're testing that if it is properly configured, there's no access to this thing. Yeah. But who is to say it's properly configured? Yeah, I, I'm just thinking too, like like the way we write our tests. So so first of all, um, just to not give the wrong impression, like you never check for a role in your authorization no. layer. You check for permissions. No. However, I notice when we write tests, we might say something like, you know, test admin can do thing X, and test mm-hmm. you know captain can do thing Y, and and so like you use those terminologies, first of all, it gives you quicker setup in the factory, like when you're creating a user of a certain role, but it, it makes the tests more readable. Like you could do all of that purely at a permission layer without using roles, but there is something nice about having conceptual roles baked into the system. And you lose that if you allow them to be just like ad hoc edited in, in a user interface somewhere. Yeah. So I think really it comes down to is I would say no UI for creating, editing, or deleting permissions. Okay. And really consider if you actually want to open that can of worms for the UI for, you know, creating, editing and removing roles. Yeah. You probably don't. <laughs> what do you think about j- just one kind of last small question? What do you think about a user interface for um, just seeing what the roles and permissions are? Do you have any any feelings about that? Yeah, it's a great idea. Well, that seems very reasonable of you, Aaron. I'm glad that you finally conceded <laughs> one point to the uh, roles and permissions yeah. UI people. We live in the great state of Wisconsin. I don't think that's a big secret. It's on the footer of our website. And one yeah, of the don't things, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and now, now um, in Wisconsin, we're known for things like cheese and custard and there's Culver's which is like a a chain around here and it's kind of spread out in the U.S. but on there they have a different flavor every day so when you drive past it there's the 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 name of the flavor of the day and like we we started a game in our family to like make outrageous versions of the the names of the flavors so for example the other day they had a flavor called Oreo Explosion and I say you know what's even better than Oreo Explosion is like Oreo Industrial Accident or something just like going <laughs> Oreo devastation, you know, just like whatever it is, take it to like the next logical extreme. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've done that, but I do okay. remember uh, 
back in the day before um, the internet was big, you know, mm-hmm. my grandma would get to like, I think it was a newspaper okay. that had uh, the week's worth of Culver's sort of things. Mm-hmm. And she would cut it out and then she'd hold it in front of us and be like, if you're good, one of these days we'll get one of these flavors. And so you had to be like, I want to be good because I want chunky rocky road on thursday or something <laughs> no if it's a flavor you didn't like like i'm just gonna be as bad as i want today i don't even want it there's there's no flavors i don't like <laughs> authorization and permissions are pretty tough but you know what's even harder sometimes is validation i wish there was a tool that could help me with that oh aaron do i have the tool for you head over to masteringlaravel.io and up in the menu click on validation I want you to try out that validation worksheet. You might love it. 